This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. Welcome to the Crafting Character Podcast. Steve Carter here and in association with my good friends at CDF Capital and Food for the Hungry. I'm excited to have this conversation today. I usually have a pastor who we spend a few moments listening to one of their talks, getting a, a little sense of their sound, and then talking about their prep process and practice, and then kind of shifting into a conversation about their unique spiritual practices so that their character leads the way. But today, I want to do something a little different. Um, a few months back, I came across two people. Uh, my buddy Mark and Ted said, you've got to get to know uh, Bill and Christy Galtier. And these two, I have just been enamored by. Um, they host a website uh, called soulshepherding.com. They are authors. They are these spiritual directors and counselors. And the more that I have interacted with these two, the more that I've come to discover, man, there is so much depth, so much goodness, and so much for me personally to gain. And so um, I want to share them with you. Because if you are a pastor, you are an emerging voice, you are someone who's on stage and I know what it's like on Sunday mornings to drive home after teaching your guts out and then get that email that has the finance report and the attendance numbers and, and your Sunday afternoon is either made or broken by that email that comes. Um, I, I want us to get curious about that. I want us to get really, really curious about that. And so we're going to talk about the journey of the soul which is this amazing book that Bill and Christy co-wrote together that is just this amazing guide to deeper emotional and spiritual growth. We're also going to talk about this new project that they are doing and working on um, that really is a Sabbath guide, a sabbatical guide, and especially uh, intended for us as pastors and leaders. Um, and so, Bill, Christy, thank you for joining me on the Craft and Character podcast. Oh, it's an honor. So fun. Thanks for having us. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's let's just start with a little bit of background. You know, Bill, you and I, we've got some Chicago roots, but maybe maybe give me a little uh, sense of, hey, who you are, where you live, how you guys met, and where you are today. Yeah, we met in college, and uh, we raised our kids in Irvine, California. So we got three kids. They're all young adults now, hard, hard to believe. We actually got two little little grandkids, so we're entering into that phase of life. And uh you know, when I'm around the 40-year-olds, the I feel like that's still where I am, and I, I try to act like that when I'm running and hiking and everything, try, try to stay young. But yeah, it's been a great ride for Christy and me, and we started Soul Shepherding in 2009, and basically we put together our uh, ministry uh, as pastors and as therapists, and we put them together into a, a model of really pastor-to-pastor, -pastor, caring for, encouraging pastors, and wanting to be on the wellness end of things rather than only helping uh, the pastors who are, who are burned out or had a moral failing. And of course, you know, as doctors of psychology, we, we can help in those ways, but we really want to help prevent those blowouts. And so we, we provide training, we provide spiritual direction, and, and just a lot of guidance around things like uh, sabbatical and Sabbath practices and soul care and spiritual disciplines and relational health. That's amazing. That's amazing. And 
you know, what's incredible is we've talked about this, you know, a few times, but, you know, how we often, and you just kind of alluded to it, we're so good at, you know, once a pastor has fallen, then to have a restoration plan. We're not very great at being able to become aware of the wall before it slaps us and hit us, hits us in the face and train wrecks, you know, our, our, our careers in so many ways. I think what you all have done has created resources that helps just the, the everyday person, the everyday pastor, become more aware of the wall. Now, that, that, that for me, feels like that had to have come out of somewhere. Um, where did that kind of concept idea come for you guys? Well, I think it came out of our own experience personally of following Jesus as Christians on our journey, and also from journeying with so many people. Bill and I collectively have spent over 70,000 hours in the pool paying with people. And so we've gotten to learn not only from our own mistakes, but the mistakes of other people. And through that, God has given us tremendous wisdom and insight that we have been blessed to recognize the responsibility we have in caring for the soul God has given us, the eternal soul, and to not take that for granted. And as ministers of Christ, we especially want to steward that well. And so the Lord has just blessed us with great mentors like Dallas and Jane Willard, who have helped us grow in our understanding, our own spiritual formation, and then and getting our doctorates in psychology and learning about emotional development, getting our certificate in spiritual direction and really studying formation and understanding the integration of those and then practice as being intentional to do soul training. And just that, that's so fruitful and it's so protective and it's so helpful when we do encounter these, these desolations in life. Like you were just saying for a pastor on that Sunday morning, those temptations, those attacks of the enemy that come to try to take us out. Yeah. I love that you said 70,000 hours in the pool of pain. That is, I mean, that is a line right there. Just, just sitting with people as they, they share. Um, I think, I think that just gives you, and with all the training that you both have done, the people that you've walked with. And when I read Journey of the Soul, um, I'm an avid reader. I love to read. I feel like you are what you eat and you are what you read. And I, I loved Journey of the Soul. And I felt like you guys walked through something that was so accessible because for some apparent reason i think when we think of spiritual formation or spiritual direction like it just feels so oh i don't think i can access that i feel so just i'm not holy enough i'm not good enough but the way that you wrote the journey of the soul the way that you talk through these stages of emotional and spiritual growth the guideposts that you give i i feel like every pastor you need to read this but this is incredible small group material. This is incredible like teaching series. It just has a way to really help lead a congregation into the deepest of waters through the easiest pathways possible. And I don't mean easy like, oh, it's gonna be easy work. I just mean, it's just clear. It's simple. It's not confusing. And it's deeply, deeply biblical. And Bill, I don't know, maybe if you just wanna spend a moment and give that roadmap because I feel like there are these signposts that are really, really helpful. And I feel like every pastor, if they could just grab hold of just even one or two of these, man, their souls would be in such a better place. Yeah. And, and first, just thank you for recognizing that um, God helped us make it simple mm -hmm. to take what's really complicated with the soul and the spiritual life and all of our relationships 
and, and make it simple because we, we actually took apart the book and rewrote it three times. Wow. Totally redid it to make it simpler, more stories, more engaging, take very deep concepts and try to get simple, fresh wording for them. And at the same time, make it more practical with, with uh, soul care practices. So it's really tangible for people. So uh, yeah, I just appreciate that, that that came through for you. And so we tell pastors, you know, we actually wrote this book, uh, first of all, for your people, mm. second of all, for you, because we knew we could reach the pastors. We've been doing it for decades. We, the people that want to go deeper, I mean, that's our forte. But, to, but the people that are, you know, newer in their, in their faith or not as far along or not as committed, we wanted to reach them. So the pastors, the small group leaders, the missionaries, the spiritual directors, they'd have a tool to hand to somebody and guide them along, giving them language for these stages. Bill, real quick, how would you define, or Chrissy, how would you define the word soul? Because sometimes I think like when, when you know, you got soul shepherding, you got soul care. We've, we've just talked about, you have this book, Journey of the Soul. I think everyone, when they hear it, they think different things, you know, 21 grams, you know, the weight of what a soul is. <laughs> yeah. Like they think, but like for you too, when you say that word, how do you define soul? Well, the soul encompasses our whole person and our whole personality, and it includes our body. Oftentimes we get this thought that, you know, our soul lives in our body, and when we die, it kind of floats up as this wispy little ghost-like thing. But no, we're embodied souls, and so it includes even now our social interaction. You know, right now, our souls are interacting and touching. And so it includes our, our mind, our thoughts, and our feelings, our social relationships, and our body. And at the very center of it is our heart, our will, our spirit. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's so good. Now, now with that, the journey um, of the soul, walk through some of those guideposts. Because I think, I love that you said that for the making this accessible for the congregation. Because I think, it, I think it really is, you know, there's a couple of these books that I just picked up and passed on because I just was like, I think this is going to help you literally take that next best right step. Yeah, so the Christ stages are the basis of the book, and they're stages of faith and stages of emotional and spiritual growth. So, so we integrate all that across you know, a number of different theories, psychosocial development and cognitive development, faith development, spiritual development, and put it all together into the Christ model. So the C stage is confidence in Christ, and that's where we're, we're born from above, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, and usually the church is at the center of that. Uh, and then we come to the H stage of help and discipleship, and our symbol for that is a Bible because we're digging into God's Word. We're getting more involved in church, probably in a small group, to learn to apply the Scriptures to our life. We're uh, learning the teachings and doctrines of the Bible. We're needing a lot of teaching from, from our pastor, from others. The R stage is responsibilities and ministry, and the symbol we use there is a, is a medal because we're, we're on Team Jesus together, and we're serving God together, and we want to win. We want to reach people for Christ, and we've each got different gifts, and we're working together, and th those gifts uh, help us to love God and to love each other and to love uh, people who, who are, don't know Jesus or people who are hurting and, and need help. Uh, and then we have the wall as a transition. It's not actually a stage, and... Uh, after some years in the R stage, we hit that wall, probably, and we probably have actually hit it before, and we might c come into wall experiences a, a number of times in our life. And that's a transition, and that's a place where people tend to get stuck in their faith, tend to get lost or disoriented, whether it's from burnout or compassion fatigue or a faith crisis or depression or things like this. And what we, people don't realize is that it's at these walls, these trials that become stuck places and, and, and dark places spiritually where we, we don't feel God's presence, we don't understand what God is doing, and we, we don't, our faith isn't working like it worked before, and we're trying to go back to the way it was before, and it's, and it's not 
it's not bearing the same fruit and it's not producing the same connection with God or the same insights or the same warmth or the same sense of God's presence and power. And so lots of questions and, and struggles and hurts are coming up here. And, and one of the big takeaways of the journey of the soul is, is realizing that it's at the wall that, that the Holy Spirit is inviting us into the I stage of the inner journey. And the symbol here is the shovel, because we need to, we need to dig in, and we need to uncover some stuff. We need, we need to get to the thing beneath the thing from your book, Steve, the unconscious stuff, you know, the, the hurts, the unmet needs, the brokenness, the sins that are there. And we, we need to, to pray this stuff through, and we need to talk it through with somebody safe. And, and this, this is like not uh, happy. It's not pleasant. It's not, it's not easy. But it's going to make, actually, it's going to actually make life easier if we will do this hard inner work and, and let, let grace seep in more deeply into our personality, then we can come into a whole new depth of intimacy with God. And that's part of the I stage is the potential for a real renewal and, and rediscovering uh, the Lord is our first love. And uh, the I stage tends to be a quieter season, whereas the R stage of responsibilities and ministry is very active with serving and making a difference, often for many years. But to do that inner journey work, we need to have some, some more boundaries and make some more space. Maybe it's going on retreat. Maybe for pastors, it's taking a sabbatical. Uh, because unless we make that space, we can't really open to the, the emotions and, and then come into that deeper intimacy. And so then the I stage can prompt the S stage of spirit-led ministry, which is very, again, active in ministry and in responsibilities. But there's a great new wisdom that we have now, whereas in the R stage, we are doing our, our ministry and our work for God, which is a very good thing, a needed thing. But we don't understand as well how to do our, our work and our ministry with God in the R stage. In the S stage, we've really learned that. It's not just like a, a doctrine or a teaching. It's that, but it's also a lived experience. It's becoming habitual to, to do what we do in God's presence and in God's power and with the smile of Jesus. And so the symbol here is a sailboat because... The, the wind of the Holy Spirit is just empowering us to move forward and to, and to serve God w with joy. And even, even being a wounded healer where those, those wounds and those struggles in our life that we were getting help with in the I stage, God is now repurposing those and redeeming those so that we can understand other people better and minister to certain groups of people that maybe we have something in affinity with them in, in our stories. And God's grace just comes through our life into that place. And so... The, the S stage is that, that stage for the wounded healer or the easy yoke of Jesus because we're, we're walking with Jesus and we're working with him together and it's all, all mixed in in the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And then the T stage is transforming union. And, and that's where we're learning to, to really take it farther and just practice God's presence in all that we do. And there is a, a level of devotion to the Lord and, and identification with Jesus that we're, we're ready to bless those that curse us. We're ready to love our enemies as, as Jesus did, as Paul did, and Mary and so many in the scriptures model that for us. And we have a, a capacity for that and, and even a, a joy in that because it, it's all for Jesus and that's what we live for. And even if, if we're not feeling it all the time, because sometimes we have uh, trials in any of these stages, including the T stage. It's not like at the T stage you've arrived because you know we're going back and forth between these stages and all the stages are good. There's, there's, we can celebrate each of those stages and the, and the work of God's grace in those stages. And in each stage, we can love God and, and our neighbor as ourself uh, equally well. Uh, and yet there is something developmental going on here and that one stage prepares us for the next. And if we are growing healthy in each stage, our soul is like expanding and, there, and there's a, a flowering that's happening. And 
We especially see that in the the T stage because it's like the the spiritual marriage to Christ. That see, see the one of the things I love about podcasts is that you're driving right now or you're in your office and you still have access to your phone. And in this moment, you know that you are going to Amazon.com just because of what Bill laid out, and you are typing in Journey of the Soul, and you are clicking, if you're like me, one click, and it's at your house by tomorrow. It's, and I kid you not, like I don't do this very often because I, I always want to protect this, this platform. Um, but what I so appreciated is that someone gave voice to the wall. And I think for many of us who are shepherds and pastors, emerging voices, um, 2020 was an enormous wall. And we were doing that R stage really well. I mean, we, we, I feel like we were, we were doing that R stage really well. And our gifts were being used and we, we felt like we were crushing in 2019. People were coming to Christ. I mean, so much. And then we hit the wall and we saw civil unrest. We saw just masks and political divides. We saw, we saw not being able to gather in buildings. Like we, we experienced everything that we thought we knew. And then all of a sudden we had to really ask some bigger questions. And, and I felt like all of a sudden that I and that S and that T was a gift that you all gave to, to me. Um, because it was, oh man, I'm not crazy. Oh man, like, and I felt like it, it was a map. And I and I I began to realize the more conversations I was having with people, the more people were like, I, I hit this wall, I hit this wall, and I don't know what to do. And just being able to way that you wrote that in such a beautiful way that invited people into that I stage, the S stage that, you know, the spirit led or the transforming union like that, those words, I think, and the, the, how you detailed that, friends, I'm just saying, this is, this will be a gift to you. This will be a absolute just game changer for your congregation. Um, Chrissy, I want to ask you because, you know, you, you, the times that I've been around you, you have this kind of spirit led sense. I feel like uh, you just, you're able to almost kind of feel a room, sense a room, see what's happening in a room. Um, and, you know, a couple of times that we've been, you've just said a couple of things and I was like, how did you know? You know, <laughs> but like, um, how did you foster that? I mean, one, obviously, you know, being a counselor, the, the work that you've done, spiritual direction, but there seems to be a really uh, beautiful sensitivity to what God is stirring in a moment um, that's really, really just... I don't know, special. Like, have you always been that way? Is that something as you kind of came across that S and T stage, it came more to life? Um, can you can you just talk about that for a second? Yeah, well, thank you. It's really just been through my own journey of having to be emotionally honest with why I was orbiting around everybody else and why I was trying to secure myself by pleasing other people and how that got in the way of my ability to please God. I'd say I was doing it for Him, but I really wasn't. I was just trying to please other people, get them to think highly of me, get them to be impressed with me. And a lot of it was ego. And as I was trying to to help, to take care of other people as a therapist, in private practice, as a mom, as a minister in the church, just getting exhausted, I ran into a wall of compassion fatigue 
because I, I didn't, I was relying on my own strength and my own abilities. And I ran out of my ability to have any more empathy. And I began to doubt God and His goodness and His love, things I'd taught, things I believed my whole life. I began to kind of think, but God, you're allowing all these people, your people, to suffer so horrendously. How is your goodness and love in this? And and as I went into that wall of doubt and crisis and got emotionally honest with, uh, well, who was I really trying to serve? And, and why was there this gap between what I professed to believe and to be true and what my emotions showed I really believed, which was, you know, in, in trying to secure myself, I was showing that I didn't really believe that God was loving like I professed to. And so as I as I took time in my own inner journey to just stop all the busyness of trying to prove myself, trying to earn, which was unconsciously under a lot of the responsibility and ministry work that I was doing, and, and really it was hurting my family because I was giving too much and I was working too hard. And as I got honest with myself and said, am I really doing this for God or am I doing this for my own ego? And took that space to uh, be quiet before the Lord, learn to be still, Learned to practice silence and solitude, which was terrifying to me because as a child, that was punishment. I mean, when I got put into being left alone or time out, it was because I'd done something wrong. And so to find my own soul there and to find God with me and His acceptance and value of me just for who I am, not for what I do, not about what people think of me or what I have or any of the temptations and distractions that Satan would bring my way or that the world values and flaunts in front of me. And learning to hear God's voice and get in tune with His Spirit, His Spirit in me, and learning then after many years of death to self and (laughs) coming to the end of myself and just gut-level honest and seeking my own mentors. I was blessed to be mentored by Dallas and Jane Willard and receive healing prayer from Jane and Going back to some abandonment wounds from my childhood, because as a baby, I was born with opening of my stomach closed, and so I had to have some emergency surgeries to save my life, and that resulted in a lot of insecurity because of that abandonment wound, and and letting inviting Jesus in to do some healing there. And so out of that, I found this new intimacy with Jesus, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit, and learned to be able to abandon outcomes and just trust His Spirit to be still before Him or to move in step with Him according to His invitation. I learned that the wall, instead of what I'd found earlier in my life, every time I saw that wall or I approached that wall, I felt shame. Like, I'm bad because I'm hitting that wall or that wall's there and I would go distract from it or I would try to push through it and get myself through it instead to recognize and learn that that wall is a grace. If I will surrender and stop and let the Lord lead me into this inner journey work that I did and discover the thing beneath the thing, <laughs> then then that's when I was able to learn this new way in life, this easy yoke life with Jesus of walking with Him, working with Him, and watching how He does it. It's, it's a life in His kingdom by His power and for His glory. I love that. That is so good. And just the, the depth and I think just uh, emotionally honest. That's just beautiful. Um, you know, for some of our listeners, you have the privilege of serving um, alongside as, you know, with your, with your spouse as co-pastors. Um, hey, what, what insight have you learned about each other working together, leading together, shepherding together um, that might be helpful for pastors in this season or, or our listeners? When we were 30 years old, we weren't able to do it. We were uh, working together uh, in, as counselors uh, for our 
one of our other mentors, uh, Dr. David Stoop, a psychologist, and we were both therapists there. And it just, um, I mean, for me and my identity development, I, it, I felt I uh, had like some enmeshment issues and I just needed my own space. And for Christy, she didn't really like who I was around the office, you know? <laughs> It's kind of like I was in a different mode there. I mean, not that my clients saw it, but I was kind of like working, you know, and, and it wasn't uh, affectionate. And, and so that didn't work real well. So we got separate offices for, for quite a while. Uh, but in these uh, more recent years, the last 15 years in Soul Shepherding, uh, it's really been a dream. I mean, we, we, we have just a, a great soul friendship. And so then we partner together in ministry. And it's so fun when we, we meet with a lead pastor couple doing some intensive work, or we, we co-teach in our Soul Shepherding Institute and Spiritual Direction Certificate Training Program, and just the, the diversity of our personalities and our giftings. And what we sort of stumbled into along the way is people telling us, you know, Bill and Christy, we, we learn the most from your relationship. And so as I started to get the vision of that, I, I'm like, uh, I like uh, making models and, and creating ways. And so I just said to Christy, you know, we need to just change up how we do our ministry so that we, we let uh, the Holy Spirit have more opportunity to speak and minister through the dynamic between us. And, and not so much, because it used to be years ago, it was like, because I'm, I'm the type A, Christy's the type B, so it would be a lot of bill talking. And, and, and sort of Christy supporting and maybe adding a few comments now and again, but being real appreciative and supportive. And she was kind of getting lost. Or, or then, you know, you can do it where you sort of take turns, and, and that's probably better, but where there can be a dynamic that you're inviting people into your relationship, which is what we do on our podcast of Soul Talks, is we, we have a conversation, we invite people into that. And so just seeing uh, Christy's personality as being more sensitive and more of a feeler, more relational, and, and, and her, her having that space and, and that voice, and uh, it's been such a joy for me. Yeah, it's, it's really fun to, to observe from the outside of, you know, head and heart, both like focused on the soul and just a, a real, like, the, again, just a, an incredible one-two punch in the ways that you guys kind of play off each other. And it's, I can feel these moments of like, oh, you can finish her sentence and you can finish his sentence, but just the ways that you make space and room for each other is just really, really beautiful. You know, on this podcast, we, we really want to help people get better at the craft of, of, of speaking and preaching and communicating God's word. But, you know, I'll say this again and again, we always want our character to lead the way. And one of the things I, I've just respected um, just immensely about the two of you is, is how much you put into character development, into spiritual practices. And for, for the layperson, for the pastors, for staff. And, you know, I, I learned about something called the sabbatical guide that you all are, are working on and doing. And I think for so many of us in pastors, um, Sabbath is kind of like this little bit of a buzzword, but most of us don't really put it into practice. Or some do, and their life has just radically changed. Um, Talk about the sabbatical guide. Talk about why you feel this is so essential for pastors and where they can learn more about it. Well, Sabbath is the most repeated commandment in the Bible. And, uh, you know, it's really a, a teaching about a life with God. And 
It's what Jesus shows us. It's the Father and Son intimacies and knowledge. And so really our ministry is meant to come out of Sabbath rest. Sabbath is the first day of the week in, in the Hebrew calendar and the way the New Testament talks about it, the Christian Sabbath. And so we're meant to do our work, do our, our ministry, uh, whether it's work of church or, or work in an office or work in the family, that's meant to come out of this uh, worship of God, this celebration of God's presence, which on the Sabbath day of doing no work, we're especially going deep in. The thing about Sabbath is that most of us don't really know how to do it, how to experience it. And a lot of that's because our culture won't let us. I mean, everywhere we go, it's, it's lights on, it's people buzzing us and, and, and contacting us. And uh, we just got the whole world in our, in our hands and our smartphones. And there, there's so much opportunity. I mean, even just living in the age of electricity, it's like you just you can work whenever you want. And, 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 and now we, we work from home and it's just, it's so ever present that, it's, and it's not that it's bad. It's it, it, being workers is how God has created us. You know, and the, it's part of the image of God in us. Back to the Garden of Eden, but yet our identity is is relational and it's it's in God and it's spiritual. And so our work is meant to come out of that. And so really, the way to learn to uh, deeply experience Sabbath rest and Sabbath peace and joy and relational intimacy uh, is through uh, extended practices like solitude and silence for extended hours. And best of all is a sabbatical. And so we just sort of stumbled into this because we, we took our own sabbatical uh, together and, and we totally unplugged and we, we, we served what we're cooking. You know, I mean, we, 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 we ate the, the cooking ourselves. We had done some sabbatical coaching, but we went in and did it ourselves. And so for 30 days, we, we didn't do any work, no email, no st- stuff on the phone, no visiting other ministries, no reading leadership books. It was just all about our intimacy with God and with each other. And so we, we went through a plan of Ignatian meditation readings, and we were talking with a spiritual director. We had soul talks together. We were walking in nature with the ocean and the redwoods. And we, we didn't even watch like super stimulating movies because we wanted to just be, be calm and in God's presence. And we wanted, we wanted for the, the rest and the not working and the not pleasing people and the not responding to people's needs, we, we wanted to go into that wall. Without hitting the wall, we wanted to choose it. We wanted to choose that 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 emptiness, that discombobulation, that that insecurity, that that the distress that comes up when you know if we like being busy and we like being entertained, and then now it's like, oh, like I'm bored. It's like, well, is there anything on the other side of boredom? And if you practice a sabbatical in the soul shepherding way, you find out what's on the other side. And if you have a good spiritual director, and this is why we train spiritual directors at soul shepherding, then that's someone that knows the questions to ask and how to really listen with empathy. And, and in the case of a soul shepherding spiritual director, they have these tools to really help you with soul care practices and with sabbatical. And so what we have found is that when after, after we did this, so, you know, illustrating your, your craft and character message, Steve. So we took a sabbatical, and then so we wrote about it on our blog, and we talked about it on our podcast, because that, that's what we do. It, it's like what we're experiencing in our life together with the Lord, we'll just spill that out and share that with people. And then we were just amazed with so many pastors that were, and pastor couples, men and women in ministry and, and missionaries coming in saying, can you help us on our sabbatical? Can you help us on our sabbatical? So we... I, I found myself constantly like reinventing the wheel to explain to them the model. And I finally realized, okay, I need to just like put this thing in writing. And so the, and that became an even bigger thing with, with some videos that we did. And so that gave birth to sabbaticalguide.com, which is 
18 really short, practical, uh, engaging videos talking about specific aspects of a sabbatical and then uh, more than a dozen tools that are like checklists and forms and uh, uh, sample letters to, for your congregation and talking points for an elder meeting and just guiding you through the process of taking a sabbatical that would really be, be renewing. And then some of the, the ways of, of reflecting and meditating on scripture and guidance around how to engage in, in a soul talk with a spiritual director so that you're getting that, that under the surface help that you need. Because what we've found is that getting the attention, that the time, the energy of a pastor, a pastor couple, it's so difficult, like you were saying a few minutes ago, Steve, because the work of our, of our church, of our ministry, it's so important. I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing, but, but we overdo it. And, and to the, the neglect of our own soul and our own character, and then, then it's, at some point we're going to hit the red zone and there's going to be a problem. And so a sabbatical, it can be a way to recover from being way out of balance or having a blowout uh, or burnout. But hopefully we can take a sabbatical before that happens. And that's really where we want to be in soul shepherding is on the prevention side and the wellness. And so we want to help pastors and leaders get off the grid uh, and, and do something different than, you know, if you've heard about a sabbatical or maybe even taken one, a lot of times the idea we get about is like, well, it's, it's an extended vacation because I work so hard as a pastor. I need this. And I mean, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. The other way we think about it is, oh, now I got space to write a book or I got space to do my sermon planning or visit other churches. And well, I mean, that, those are good things too, but neither of those are Sabbath. That's really not the idea of a biblical sabbatical. So, so we cast a vision for that and give a lot of examples of what that would look like and then tools to help make that happen. And then most of all, the coaching. So you can talk it out with somebody because what we found is that on sabbatical, pastors have more time and energy. If they'll get this vision and then set aside this space to do some inner work in their soul, maybe in their marriage, it can be very transformational. So, so many pastors that have worked with us have said, wow, I realize now I know how to keep Sabbath. I mean, in my own sabbatical, I came out of that, and Christy was shocked because, I mean, I'm this type A guy. I'm a workaholic in recovery. I mean, I burned out. I mean, we talk about journey of the soul, hitting the wall. I've hit the wall three times. And the second time was just a total burnout as a pastor and a counselor, and I was very disoriented because I didn't have the Christ stages model. Third time I hit the wall was, was in, as a leader, hitting a leadership lid, but I had the Christ stage model, and so I, I didn't get stuck. I didn't get disoriented. I didn't get depressed. It's like, oh, I know this. I've been here before. I, like Christy was saying, this doesn't mean I need to be ashamed. This is the Holy Spirit inviting me into the inner journey. Now, part of me is like, my gosh, I've done so much inner journey work. I've been in counseling. I've been in spiritual direction. I've been in all these retreats. I'm, I'm not the new kid around the block, but it's like, no, the Lord is humbling me. There's still, I need to peel back another layer of the onion here in my soul and do some, some deeper work because I'm being challenged with new opportunities as a leader that are putting me in situations that I'm not as familiar with or as gifted in. And, and so it's, it's creating some crisis in how I feel about myself and, and some of the, the stress points and challenges really putting pressure on me. But now that I have that model, I know, oh, I don't need to go into shame. I don't need to go into isolation. This is a good thing. This is inner journey work. So talk to my soul friend, talk to my spiritual director, pray this stuff through, get out the Psalms and find the words for what I'm experiencing. And so what we find on sabbatical is that we, we have a space now to learn these things and practice these things that can reshape us so we develop new habits. And then they come out of that going, wow, I realized I didn't even know how to keep a Sabbath, but now I, now I know how to rest. And so my sabbatical, I said to Christy, I, I've got this appetite for rest. And she was like, huh? <laughs> I hope you keep that. 
<laughs> it's so amazing because you had me at, are you giving God your best out of God's Sabbath rest? And I think if I'm really, really honest, there's a lot where I was trying to give my best and I was blowing past that command to take that Sabbath rest and it'll catch up to you, you know? And and so I think that that real gift, and I love how practical you are with this in the fact of, for many of us we who have elder boards and how to engage that conversation. Because sometimes it's hard for us to have agency and be, you know, kind of that emotionally honest, like, I need a break. I'm, I'm violating some boundaries and I have to, you used a word earlier, enmeshment. I'm so, there's such enmeshment in my identity and work and calling. I just need some space. I think the tools are so, so helpful. Um, I, I want to I ask specifically because, again, what I love is, and people reflect this back to me all the time from the podcast is how when I ask people about specific practices that they're doing in this season, how for many of them, people, they're like, oh, I, I've never heard of that practice, or that's a good encouragement to, to pick that practice back up. Um, but Christy, is there a practice that, for you in this season, you know, um, 2021, heading into the summer that you go, gosh, this is this has been a way for me just to kind of deepen that I stage or that S stage or that T stage. Well, there's many of them, but one of them is scripture memory and just memorizing whole chapters of scripture so that wherever I am, whether I'm laying in bed in the middle of the night or I'm waiting at a stoplight or at the post office in line or wherever, I can just be washing myself with the water of God's Word and just turning His Word over and over and praying that Scripture for other people when I don't know what to pray anymore for them. And just as a, a pocket lighter for prayer and and entering into God's presence and hearing His voice and checking in with, you know, what is He saying to me right now? What What's stirring in my soul from the Scripture? And you know, an example of this would be when I memorized Romans 8, which took me, by the way, a year to memorize, because it's not an easy passage, but it has gotten so deep in me. And I remember before I memorized it, I read every commentary I could find on Romans 8, trying to understand what Paul was saying here and trying to figure out why does this seem so different than the life I'm living? And I I could never really get my soul totally wrapped around it. But since memorizing it. Now it's so full of life for me and all kinds of new meanings the Holy Spirit has given me for that. And it's been such a great scripture of orientation and renewal of God's love for me and feeling His delight for me as well. So, you know, that's one that's a real grace right now. I love that you practically said it took you a year to memorize. I think that's so great because I, I really feel like scripture memorization is kind of like the trades um, it's almost like a lost art, you know, like when you think about welders, it's like, oh man, or plumbers or electricians, it's a lost art. Um, I think the same thing is true with scripture memory. Like we just, I, I, I'm, I feel like for my grandparents' generation, like that was something I'd, I'd pick up my grandpa's Bible and it was massive. And the book of Isaiah was just underlined. And I, I had heard that he had memorized huge chunks of it. But I feel like uh, that's not something we celebrate anymore. Um, and so I love that. I feel like even in walking in the desert here in Phoenix, I've been just trying to to get back to that. I can memorize, you know, dumb and dumber quotes, you know, from movies <laughs> or like lyrics from songs. But just getting back to just allowing that scripture to wash over, I think that's 
beautiful. Another one that is, we for our book, Journey of the Soul, we put together a playlist for songs, contemporary Christian worship songs, that really are articulating each of the stages. And so we have over 30 songs for each stage. And just worshiping along to those playlists have been a great rhythm for me because they are articulating the stage that I'm in right now and what God's saying to me and how I'm feeling and helping me in in praying and connecting to the Lord's presence with me in the desolations and the consolations, those areas where I can I can see His and feel His presence and those areas where I can't. So good, so good. How about for you, Bill? Well, you know, on one side, part of me would like to talk about like Bible study or solitude and silence and some practices that have been really formative to me. Things like Bible study and scripture meditation or memorizing passages of scripture, like Christy said, are, are, are like natural for me as a thinker. Um, but what's been most important for me, probably because it's my weakness and it rounds out the stuff that I'll naturally do, is paying attention to my emotions. And so I, I think what has been so transformational for me in the last two or three decades is uh, really getting emotionally honest about what, how is this scripture hitting me and what, what is this pointing out to me that I'm wrestling with? And uh, it's just as I go through my day and I have different experiences and I might, I might feel discouraged or I might feel criticized or I might feel uh, uh, some stress and anxiety. And, and, and instead of what I, what I used to do when I was younger and in my 20s, uh, and even in my 30s, I just push through it and maybe tell myself biblical thoughts, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, but learning to now that those things just pass out, but just say, okay, so w- what is it that I'm feeling there? And, you know, why am I feeling that? And then find someone safe to talk to about that and, and make that conversation a prayer to the Lord. And of course, you know, go to the Psalms and in my own prayers with the Lord. But by being emotionally honest, that has done so much to, to reinvigorate my faith. And, you know, I was so surprised on, on this journey in the early years how it, it made my Bible reading all new. You know, when we've been following uh, the Lord for, for a while, you know, and as, as pastors and leaders, you know, how many times have I been through the whole Bible? You know, many times in the New Testament, you know, even more. And how many times have I heard uh, the Gospels? I mean, the Gospel of Mark alone, hundreds of times. I've just, the whole thing straight through. And I love, I love that. But it can get, at some point, it can start to get so familiar that it loses it, its, its poignancy. It loses its uh, engagement with us and, and the warming of our heart. But if we're on this journey of peeling back the, the layers of the onion of our soul and, and listening to those feelings, those hurts, those struggle points, those faults, and, and confessing those things to the Lord and to a safe person as unto the Lord, then our whole personality deepens and, and, and gets more deeply rooted in God's grace and, and starts to blossom. And then we, we see and experience things we didn't see before, even in our Bible reading. And so then, then our preaching can be like so different because now we can really serve what God's been cooking in our life. You know, and it's not just for these people. I mean, it is. It's so important that we know our audience and, and we talk to our audience, but, but it's best when it's coming through our life as well. And it's something that's been feeding my soul. It's a way that God's word has been meeting me in that. And so... That, I think, paying attention to emotions would be the thing I would highlight. I love that. I love that. Well, friends, thanks so much for joining me. Um, help, help our listeners know where they can go, um, whether on Instagram, whether what websites to go to, to, to learn more about the good work that you guys are doing at Soul Shepherding. Yeah, journeythesoul.org. We've got uh, free small group videos uh, that, that we've uh, produced that are short. Uh, they're great for uh, introducing a Journey of the Soul to a small group. We've got uh, 
free preaching notes uh, for sermons that where we've done some uh, biblical exegesis for you, lined up some points and some illustrations just to, just to get you started. You'll want to write your own sermon, but you got something to start you there. And we've got like the, the Spotify uh, playlist that Christy mentioned for all six of the Christ stages plus the wall, 30 songs or more for each of those stages that are capturing the, the themes and, and the ideas and, and the challenges and the needs and opportunities of that stage with our, our great Christian artists and, and poets. And very inspiring to, to listen to those songs and, and to find, you know, which stage are you resonating with? And then we've got our Journey of the Soul Leader Guide for, for small group leaders that we, we personally wrote to make it really easy with lots of different, we call spiritual direction tips to sort of elevate the, the small group facilitator to be a, a better listener and a better sort of spiritual guide. So just along the way, peppered throughout each meeting, or not, you know, consider asking this question in this way, or, or if somebody responds this way, pay attention to sort of this feeling and how you might reflect that. So just to help them you know, up their game a little bit as a small group leader. And then we've got a really fun uh, tool, a Journey of the Soul Soul Talk Cards. So this is a deck of playing cards. Each one has a Bible verse on it and a soul talk question, and they're playing out the different Christ stages. So they're different. Each card is a different color depending upon whether it's the C stage, H stage, R, I, S, T, or the wall, and then it's got a Bible verse on it and and a soul talk question. So it's a great way to share your story with somebody or a pastor that we work with is discipling his teenage daughter through the journey of the soul cards because, you know, this fun for her. And she she doesn't want to do an in-depth Bible study right now, but, you know, flip a card and read a verse, ask a question. It's colorful and dad's going to do it, then I'm going to do it. And so she likes that. But he's he's getting the word in there and and she's learning the model of, of discipleship and how we develop through the stages. I love that. I love that. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us. And hey, for all of our listeners, please, please, please do what you can to pick up Journey of the Soul book. It's such a good read, such a good read. Hey, I also want to let you know that we have just announced a new preaching cohort, new craft and character cohort, and it's going to be facilitated by the one and only Nancy Beach. Um, I'm excited. This is going to be um, for both women and men. This is going to be an amazing opportunity. Um, she is one of the finest, most integrous leaders, communicators. Uh, she's a regular teacher at a great church in Chicago called Soul City, doing amazing ministry work. Um, I'm so thrilled. So you can learn more at craftingcharacter.org, or you can find us and out more information on our Instagram page. But friends, thanks so much for tuning in. I hope that you this week would choose to be emotionally honest that you would recognize the wall, that you would fight to embody what that acronym of Christ is all about, and that you would do the hard work and go on the beautiful journey of the soul. Much love, everyone, grace and peace. And until next time, enjoy the privilege of what you get to do as being someone who gets to preach God's word. Grace and peace. Grace and peace.